Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. One of the great mysteries in this world is that God's plan for humanity is to be accomplished through broken, imperfect, flawed people, also known as the church. It's amazing to think that God's redemptive plan for the world is to be carried out by you and I and the body of Christ around the world. He didn't leave the mission up to anybody else. He didn't leave the mission up to any other group of people. He didn't leave the mission up to any other organization. The mission of God is to be accomplished and fulfilled through you and I and through the universal body of Christ. And that is an amazing thing. And it's made up of people who have been redeemed by the Son and indwelt by His Spirit. We are the expression of Christ here on this earth. Okay? Think about this. The proof of God's love for humanity is the church. The proof of God's love for humanity is the church. We cannot look any further than ourselves to show the love of God to the world. That's why Jesus said to his disciples before he went to the cross, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have a big church. Man, y'all would believe anything I said, huh? He, He said, you will know my disciples if you are accepted by the world. You will know... The the world will know you as my disciples if you make a lot of money, if you achieve a lot of things in this world deemed successful. No, he said all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another. To love one another is a pretty heavy responsibility and one that we should not take lightly. The church is a living organism, not simply just an organization. Let me say that again. The church is a living, breathing organism, not simply an organization. The church is a body, not a business. And the Holy Spirit is the life of the church. The Holy Spirit gives the church the breath to breathe, okay? Without the Holy Spirit... The church would be no different than the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA. But because we have the Holy Spirit, the church is unique because it is alive. And the Holy Spirit brings life to the body of Christ. He is our lifeblood. And as you look at the work of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, what you'll see is that the Spirit has gifts that He distributes to believers in order to for them to be effective in ministry, okay? And what you'll see in the New Testament is not the model you see operating in many churches today where the full-time staff do all of the work and the congregation comes once or twice a week to church to be entertained. That's not what you see taught in the New Testament. What you'll see taught in the New Testament is that everyone has a gift. Everyone has gifts from the Holy Spirit and everyone has a ministry. Everyone has a calling. Everyone has a responsibility. In other words, it's everyone's responsibility to reach the lost. Okay? It's not just a select few who have 
an out. Uh, an outgoing personality or who are good with people. It's everybody's responsibility to reach the lost. It's everyone's responsibility to serve in church. It's everyone's responsibility to meet the needs of the community. And the Holy Spirit distributes gifts to individuals in order to help us pour out the love of God in the world around us. Now, what's sad is that there are some people, there are some churches And there are some entire denominations and movements that believe that these gifts of the Spirit have ceased and are no longer in operation. They they look at the Word and say, that ceased a long time ago. And so the church of today, they no longer operate in these gifts that we read about in the New Testament. And what a travesty it is to believe this. There is nowhere in Scripture that says that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to be done away with at a certain time. On the contrary, Peter tells us in Acts chapter 2 that the promise of the Holy Spirit was for all of the people who were listening to his sermon at that moment, at that time. The promise was to their children and all who are far off. And he said the promise is to as many as the Lord will call to himself. And just to be clear, our church believes in the full operation and function of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Paul the Apostle actually talks about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and that is going to be our text for today. So I'm going to start with verse 1, and I'm going to read down to verse 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Just as Paul did not want the Corinthian believers to be ignorant of the spiritual gifts and misuse or abuse them, I don't want our church to be ignorant of these gifts either, okay? And that word ignorant just means uninformed, okay? I want us to be informed of what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. That's why we're doing this series. And I want our congregation to be informed about the gifts that the Holy Spirit distributes to His people in order to be effective for ministry. The word gift in this passage that we see a few times is translated from the Greek word charisma, and it means a gift of grace, a favor which one receives without any merit of his own. So before we get into the specifics of the gifts, here is the foundation of what we need to know about the spiritual gifts. Number one, spiritual gifts are not natural talents or based on your intellect, okay? In other words, you can be a genius 
or you can be an average Joe intellectually and both operate in a gift or multiple gifts of the Spirit because it's not something you earn. That word charisma means a gift of grace, a favor which one receives without any merit of his own. You don't earn these gifts. You, you, don't, you, you can't read enough books to receive these gifts, okay? You can't receive enough knowledge to receive the gift. It is graced and gifted to you by the Holy Spirit as He wills, amen? amen. Number two, spiritual gifts always point people towards the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Spiritual gifts always point people towards the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let's read verse 3 again. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse or cursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's what's really important. Whenever the gifts of the Spirit are truly in operation in a church, Jesus is always lifted up. And when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in a fleshly way, Jesus is not lifted up. People get lifted up. When the gifts of the Spirit are operating in a fleshly way, pastors are lifted up. Okay? The gifts are lifted up. Okay? Leaders get lifted up. And Paul is saying that the way you know it's from the Spirit or not is if it glorifies Jesus and draws attention to Jesus or not. If it distracts or takes away from Jesus, it's not born of the Spirit. But if it points you towards Jesus, if it draws attention to Jesus, then you know it was birthed out of the Spirit of God. And number three, spiritual gifts are to be used primarily as a blessing for others. Okay, let's look at verse seven again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Other translations say for the common good. Okay, the reason we've had so many bad experiences around people or churches that are spirit filled is because when you make the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit only about you, you will always run into trouble. You will always run into issues when it's all about your experience. Right. And how the spirit makes you feel. Okay, there's this pressure to make stuff up and become eccentric in an attempt to one up other people. Like, you acted crazy right there and got some attention. Let me act even crazier, okay? You ran three laps around the church. Let me run four laps around the church and one-up you because I want some of that attention too, okay? I'm not saying everybody does this, but I think there's this, there's this internal pressure to one-up people in order to get attention. And when the gift of the Spirit, whether it be prophecy or healing, becomes about the person operating in the gift, okay, People can be easily manipulated by a gifted person, okay? People are mesmerized by gifted people. People are mesmerized by charismatic people, okay? I've seen this firsthand, and it creates a very unhealthy church environment and very unhealthy culture, okay? I could tell you story after story after story about when you exalt and elevate someone that's gifted, over the one who gives the gift, bad, bad, bad things happen, okay? But 1 Corinthians 12, 7 tells us that the gifts are given for the common good, not to make us feel good, okay? Now, we are going to be blessed when the gifts are in operation, but we have to understand we are gifted by the Spirit of God to help 
others, to serve others, to give to others, to be a blessing for the common good of everybody. So now that we have this foundation, we can move on to the actual gifts. Paul, in this passage of Scripture, he lists nine gifts of the Spirit. The word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And so what I want to do is I want to go in depth about these nine different gifts, and I'm going to rely on the teaching found in Lester, uh, Dr. Lester Sumrall's book, uh, Gifts and Ministry of the Holy Spirit, to help me with this. So a lot of Bible teachers divide these nine gifts up into three categories, and they place three of these gifts into each of the three categories. Do we have that slide? Uh, and so the first category is the revelation gifts of the Spirit that's found in 1 Corinthians 12. The second category are the power gift categories. And the third category is the inspiration gifts. And so we're going to go through all of these, but today we're only going to hit on the first three in the revelation category of the gifts of the Spirit. So next week I'm going to try and get through both the power and inspirational gifts. And so make sure that you're here next week. So the word revelation simply means revealing something. Simply means something is being revealed. So these three gifts that we're going to talk about today, God is revealing something about himself to humanity. Okay? He is revealing his truth to us through these gifts. And the revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And with these three gifts, God is revealing something supernaturally to the people who are operating in these gifts, and their responsibility is to communicate what God is telling them and gifting them with by His grace through the Spirit. Now, this information didn't come from within the person. For example, they didn't read about it somewhere or no one told them about it. It was revealed to them by the Holy Spirit. So number one, the word of wisdom, the first revelation gift. The word of wisdom is when God reveals his wisdom to a human vessel for a particular situation or problem. Okay. How many of you know that God is all wise? Okay. He is wiser than us. His way of doing things is a lot higher than our way of doing things because he functions in a wisdom that is way beyond human wisdom. And there are moments in our lives that the Holy Spirit will grace us with a piece of wisdom that didn't come from inside of us, but came from the Holy Spirit, okay? This wisdom does not originate from within our minds. It originates from God and is delivered to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes he'll even reveal things to us before they take place. Okay? Because how many of you know God is not, uh, he is not boxed in by time. He doesn't function within time and space. He functions outside of time and space. He already knows what has already happened and he knows everything that has happened and he knows everything that is happening presently all at the same time. It'll blow your mind if you try to think about it too long. Listen to how Paul explains it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 6. 
However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, okay, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual so let's take a look at an example of the word of wisdom operating in the Bible. In the book of Genesis chapter number 41, we are told of a story where Pharaoh had this dream that would not leave his mind. And so he brings in all of the magicians in Egypt, all of the wise men in Egypt, and he tells them this dream and he asks them to interpret the dream and no one can interpret the dream. They're all confounded. They're all confused, and they cannot find the interpretation of the dream. And so while all of this is going on, Pharaoh's cupbearer, who was imprisoned with a young man named Joseph a couple years before, remembers that while he was in prison, this young man named Joseph interpreted his dream. So he tells Pharaoh about Joseph. And so, Joseph, or so Pharaoh gets Joseph out of prison and brings him into his palace and he says to Joseph, I've, I've, I have this dream. It won't leave my mind. It's tormenting me. I've called in all of the magicians. I've called in all of the wise men. I've called in all of the, pro, uh, the professionals that, that were supposed to be able to interpret this dream. And none of them can interpret. And I've heard that you can interpret my dream. And here's how Joseph answered him. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not me to interpret the dream. God, not I, will give Pharaoh a favorable answer through me, okay? That's how the spiritual gifts work. It's not us, it's God speaking through us. It's God gifting us. It's the Holy Spirit gracing us with a gift for a moment, for a circumstance. And Joseph not only interprets the dream, but then he gives Pharaoh a word of wisdom. Let's pick up the story in verse 33. Of, of chapter 41. So now let Pharaoh prepare ahead and look for a man discerning and clear-headed and wise and set him in charge over the land of Egypt as governor under Pharaoh. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers and officials over the land and set aside one-fifth of the produce of the entire land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Let them gather as a tax all of the fifth of the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the direction and authority of Pharaoh and let them guard the food in fortified granaries in the cities. 
that food shall be put in storage as a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine and hunger which will occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land people will not be ravaged during the famine. Now the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his servants. So the interpretation of the dream was that for seven years you are going to have abundance in the land, and then for the next seven years you're going to have a famine. And so Joseph received a word of wisdom telling him, during the seven years of of, of, of excess and abundance, you need to put away one-fifth of everything. You just need to save it. Don't use it. Don't share it. Save it. And then you'll be able to use it during the seven years of famine. And the reason I believe that this is an example of the gift of the word of wisdom in operation is because this plan that Joseph gave to Pharaoh to survive and thrive during the upcoming famine did not originate within Joseph. Verse 39 says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since your God has shown you all of this, since your God has shown you all of this, there is no one as discerning and clear-headed and wise as you are. You see, church, Joseph's word of wisdom saved Egypt and the surrounding nations because when the famine came, Egypt had enough surplus of grain to share with the world. Okay? And this was also the cause and the catalyst behind Joseph and his brothers and family reuniting. I don't have time to tell the whole story because that's not what the message is about, but his brother sold him into slavery. And so because of the famine, they were able to reunite. You need to read it for yourself in Genesis chapter, I think it's 37 through 42 or something like that. It's a fascinating story. So I say that to say this, we need the gifts of the Spirit operating in our lives. Okay, the second revelation gift is the word of knowledge, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. Okay, it's to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. In other words, it's not a mystery or it wouldn't be knowledge. Okay, the word of knowledge deals with knowledge of the past or knowledge of the present. And with this spiritual gift, God reveals a piece of information to the person operating in the gift that was not acquired, that was not learned, that was not, that, that was not given to them by someone else. It, it, this, this information, this knowledge was given by the Holy Spirit to that person. I remember several years ago that God gave me a word of knowledge for a friend of mine that, and the word of knowledge was that she was... Uh, she was in a uh, uh, immoral relationship with someone, and I had no way of knowing this. I didn't, I, I, I didn't see her with someone. I didn't catch her doing anything. I just felt it in my spirit, and so we sat down to talk one day, and I said, you know, I feel like this is what God is saying to me, and if it's not accurate, I am so, so sorry, but I just need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, and so I shared with her what I felt like God was telling me to tell her, and she looked at me, and she said, Steve, you are hearing from God, and I'm actually in an immoral, unhealthy relationship with someone at work, and I, and I need to stop it right away. Um, now, what she did with that word was completely up to her, but I did what I needed to do yeah. by sharing what God put on my heart. And this was a bit of information that I had no way of knowing by natural means. The Holy Spirit, in His grace uh, for her, shared this yeah. information so that I could tell her, so that she could repent and, and break this, immoral relationship off. 
Now, did you know that Jesus operated in the gift of the word of knowledge during his ministry? Okay. In John chapter 4, we read about the story when Jesus stopped at a well in Samaria because he was tired and thirsty from a long journey. How many of you have ever read this story in John chapter 4 about the woman at the well? Now, while he was sitting there, a Samaritan woman comes to the well to draw water and Jesus strikes up a conversation with her. And, and the woman was shocked that Jesus would even speak to her because at that time, Jews and Samaritans did not communicate or hang out with one another. There were racial tensions between those groups of people, and so they just didn't deal with one another. And plus, she was a woman, so it was even uh, more uh, uh, shocking to this woman that Jesus would speak to her and ask her for a drink of water. So Jesus starts witnessing to her, and he tells her about this living water, which he was talking about salvation. And so let's pick up the story in John chapter 4, uh, starting with verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not get thirsty, nor have to continually come all the way here to draw. At this, Jesus said, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered, I do not have a husband. Jesus said to her, You have, cur uh, you have correctly said, I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the man you are now living with is not your husband. You have said this truthfully. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. You think? <laughs> now, how did Jesus know that this woman had had five husbands and was currently living with a man that was not her husband? Well, most of you would probably say, Well, it's Jesus. He is God. He knows everything. But you need to remember and you need to understand that Jesus laid down his God privileges in order to come to this earth. So the way he knew this information about this woman was through the operation of the word of knowledge, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit dropped this information in Jesus' spirit and he spoke it out to this woman at the well. And that's how it happened. And because he spoke it out, this woman came to faith in Jesus and it didn't stop there. The Bible tells us that she went back into the village and brought everybody from the village with her. And many people came to faith uh, because she brought them back to hear Jesus talk. You see, a whole village was transformed and impacted by the gospel because Jesus operated in a gift of the Spirit. That's amazing. The third revelation gift that we're going to talk about today, uh, and the last one, is the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits. This is the supernatural gifting to discern whether someone is operating within the realm of good or evil. Okay, It's not the gift of suspicion, which some of y'all have that one, but that's not what this is. Okay, It's being able to discern by the Spirit what's motivating someone to do a certain thing, okay? Excuse me. <clears throat> Again, this is not something that is learned. The Holy Spirit graces you with this ability as He sees fit, okay? Uh, you ever see something and in your spirit, you just know there, there's just something not right about this situation or there's just something not right about this person and later on you find out what you thought in your heart was true. Anybody ever, ever done that? That may have been discerning of spirits in action in your life, okay? 
Now, let's look at an example of this gift in operation in the scriptures. Acts chapter 13, starting with verse, verse 8. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for that is how his name is translated, opposed them, them is Paul and Barnabas, trying to turn the proconsul, which was basically the term for governor, away from accepting the faith. Verse 9. But Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit and led by him, looked steadily at Elymas and, he, and said, You, Elymas, who are full of every kind of deceit and every kind of fraud, you son of the devil, enemy of everything that is right and good, you, will you never stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? Now, let me tell you something. Don't ever talk this way to someone if you're not operating in the gift of the Spirit. Never call someone full of every kind of deceit and every kind of fraud, a son of the devil. Don't be doing that unless the Holy Spirit, you're operating in that, in that gift, okay? And don't lie and say you're operating in it so you can tell somebody that. Verse 11, now watch, the hand of the Lord is on you and you will be blind, so blind that you will be unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately a mist and darkness fell upon him and he groped around seeking people to lead him by the hand. The proconsul believed the message of salvation when he saw what had happened, being astonished at the teaching concerning the Lord. Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was able to discern what spirit Elymas was operating in, and by exposing it, he thwarted the enemy's plan to keep the governor of that area from hearing the gospel. Okay? And because of the operation of this gift in this particular situation, the governor came to faith in Jesus. Okay? This gift of discerning of spirits is not so that we can expose people or embarrass people or make ourselves look big. Okay? This gift is used for the purpose of allowing the gospel of Jesus to expand. That's what all of the gifts are are for, but specifically this gift. This gift should be motivated by our desire to see people repent, okay, and turn their hearts towards God. This gift should be used to protect the church from false teachers and false doctrine, okay? So as my message is coming to a close today, and if I could have the worship team come up, I want to say this to you, okay? Every single one of you are a candidate to receive a gift from the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be spiritual enough. You, you don't have to be mature enough. You don't have to be attending church for a certain number of years. You, you don't have to go through a certain class. Every single one of you are a candidate to receive a gift from the Spirit because every one of you has, the, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit moving on your behalf. And so because of that, every one of you can receive a gift or gifts of the Spirit as He wills. Okay? The gifts are not just given to certain special people in the body of Christ. The gifts are distributed to the entire body. Okay? The entire body. Christ is one body, but that one body is made up of many members, and you are part of that body. And the Holy Spirit distributes gifts as He wills to everybody so that we can fulfill our calling, so that we can fulfill God's mission, 
so that we can walk in what God has called us to do so that we can do our part as members of Christ's body. The gifts are not given to an elite few while everyone else is out of luck. That's not how God works. That's not how the Holy Spirit operates. God has a gift for you and maybe even multiple gifts for you. Maybe some of you, as, as I was talking and defining the different gifts today, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits, maybe you thought to yourself, man, I, I've, I've operated in that before. I, I'm gifted in that area. God has spoken to me about something like that before. Maybe you're already operating in those gifts. Amen? And God has gifted you so that you can be a blessing and so that, 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 that the common good of the community that you're in can be blessed. Amen? The Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts as He wills. Okay? We can't somehow bribe God into giving us a certain gift. We can't look at someone else and say, man, I love that gift they have. God, somehow can I bribe you into giving me that gift? Okay? People have tried it in the New Testament and they paid a price for it. We can't go to someone that is operating in a specific gift and, and, and say, man, can you, can you somehow impart that gift to me? Because it's not up to that person. It's up to the Holy Spirit to give and distribute the gifts as He wills. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. God has a ministry for each and every one of you. That's why Priscilla and I talk about all the time, this isn't just our church. This is our church. This isn't just my ministry. This is our ministry. And God has a place for each and every one of you. And God has gifted each and every one of you to be a part of not only the larger body of Christ, but this specific local church. God has made a place for you. God has gifted you specifically to be a part of the Grace Place NYC if you're here today. So, eagerly desire, pursue, and pray for the gifts of the Spirit in your life. Paul tells us to eagerly desire those gifts. We don't just sit back and say, oh, whatever God wants, God wants. No, we need to eagerly desire those gifts. We need to learn about the gifts. We need to read uh, the passages of scriptures concerning the gifts of the Spirit. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a great place to start. In fact, I want to encourage all of you this week to read through 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and meditate upon it. Read it and then reread it and then reread it again and meditate upon it and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to activate those gifts inside of you. Ask the Holy Spirit to fan into flame those things that God has planted inside of you. Man, we need to eagerly desire those gifts because the, the, the Spirit wants us to, to walk in those gifts so that we can be effective. So, so that we can be effective at work as we're, as we're ministering, as we're witnessing. Amen? As we're sharing our faith. Maybe God wants to give you a word of knowledge for your boss this week. Maybe God wants to give you a word of knowledge for one of your coworkers. Maybe there's going to be a huge problem that happens at your work. And maybe the Holy Spirit is going to give you a word of wisdom 
the way he gave Joseph a word of wisdom. And through that word of wisdom, an entire nation was saved. Maybe your entire department or your entire branch or your entire company will be saved because you are gifted by the spirit of wisdom to solve a problem that did not come from within but came from the Holy Spirit. Okay, Maybe there is someone in your life that is, that is sowing seeds of toxicity in your life. And maybe through the discerning of spirits, you're finally going to see that they are operating in a bad spirit and you need to get them out of your life. And maybe that will save you and your family so much pain and so much heartache because you're operating in the gifts of the spirit. It's not the the gifts of the spirit aren't just for Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. Therefore, all week long in your own life, in your own family, the other day, and Priscilla, if I get this wrong, please help me. Uh, we, what were we praying for when Avia had that word? I was going into the doctor. Right? Okay, yeah, I was, I was about to leave for, because I, I have a testimony. I had a checkup with my cancer doctor this week, and my CT scan was clear. My blood work was clear. Amen. Um, and so the doctor said, I don't ever have to have another scan. CT scan again in my life and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm three years removed from chemotherapy treatment and so I have to be seen by the do- doctor just for a checkup every six months but after that five years uh, you're considered uh, a cancer free and a cancer survivor so I'm believing that I'll never have to deal with this but I had my family pray for me before I left because they're, it's all you know even though I know God has a plan for me there's always that anxiousness and that anxiety when you go to these things and so my family prayed and then, you know, Boston prayed. And then before Avia prayed, she said, uh, before I pray, I want to say this. And she said she saw a vision, a picture, my, my daughter's six, uh, of, of, of a flower. And when it rains, how the petals droop down. But after the rain, when the sun comes out, the petals bloom again. And she said, that's the picture she saw. And then she prayed. <laughs> See, it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. The Spirit can speak through you. That word that my six-year-old daughter gave me encouraged me so much. And I knew that it was from God. Because what six-year-old thinks of that? She got a picture in her mind and she spoke that picture out. She even said it so professionally. She was like, before I pray, I just want to say this. And she just spoke it out. The Holy Spirit dropped that vision into her heart. She spoke that out and it encouraged me. See, guys, it's not just for Sunday morning. It's for, it is for Sunday morning, but it's for all week long in your world, w- w- the people that you're dealing with, the people that you're working with, the people that you're ministering to, the people that you're reaching out to. The Holy Spirit wants to distribute these gifts to you so that you can be effective, so that you can be spirit-led and spirit-guided. Amen? And let's pray.